Hey, Minus 3 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. You get great odds and markets for MLB, NFL. It's here, everybody. The PGA Tour and oh so much more. Also great new and existing user promos. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook because it's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings delivered in as quick as two hours. And, of course, any day there's a game being played, you can play the same game. Parlay. You combine multiple bets from the same game, and there you have it, a same-game parlay, and you discover the most popular ones each day right when you log in. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started, ASA and P. Just be sure you sign up with the promo code MINUS3 so they know we sent you. Eddie Spaghetti, let's begin this show. MINUS3 with Dave Damashek. Yeah, football season's here. Close enough, at least. Welcome to Minus 3, everybody. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. We're going to dig in on some pro football. We'll wait for the college football. We're going to talk to Jeff Schwartz later in the week about that. All the moving and shaking going on. We'll see where his Oregon Ducks are with USC and UCLA and all the rest of the mess in college football. And we'll talk about pro football as well with him. Also more pro football talk coming your way today with Jen Piacente from Sports Illustrated and from Sirius XM Radio. And of course, the Extra Points Network. In fact, she was doing a show last autumn and we expect she'll be doing one still this autumn with Eddie Spaghetti, who right now is seated behind the glass, but he moved the glass to the other side of Sports America, back to his home in Staten Island. Want to hear how that's going, Eddie Spaghetti, back with, uh, back with the kin there. But I do want to mention, NHL free agency, as we await football, I say it's here. They're going to camp in a couple few weeks. NFL free agency is actually here. Teams are moving and shaking, trying to get into the right position to overtake the Colorado Avalanche 11 months from now and hoist the Stanley Cup. The draft is complete. Eddie Spaghetti, if you'll indulge me, before we talk about free agency and football and everything else, I found, you know, you know, I love the names. The NHL is the home for the best names in the world in any profession that has ever existed. And The 2022 NHL draft completed up in Montreal, Quebec, is perhaps the greatest collection of names I've ever seen in my life. Will you will you allow me to run through a few of those? I agree with you. So please run through. Here we go. I might even have to give out a Shecky Award at the end of this for the best one of them all, because these are really good. Cutter Gauthier, Marco Casper, Connor Geeky, Rutger McCrory. Joachim Kimmel, congratulations to Jimmy and John and the whole rest of the Kimmel family. Jimmy Snuggerud, Maverick Lamaru, Yager Ferkus, Artyom Duda, Jack Sparks, Luca Del Balbaluz, Topi Roney, Artem Barabosha, Gleb Trikazov, Cruz Lucius, Riku Tahila, Patri Nermi, Santeri Solku, Santeri Solku, Ludwig Janssen, Miko Matika, and this might be the best, Casper Kulanumi. <laughs> Move over, Capo Caco. You have inspired a whole new generation of beautiful names. Somewhere Jonathan Chichu and Tamu Solani are sitting up on cloud nine, arm in arm. Look at what they made. Look at what you fellas did. This is just glorious. Well, you know, the, the, the name that I want to know if it's going to be worth it or not is if we're going to hear a lot of uh, Slefikoski uh, said in Montreal because him going first overall instead of Shane Wright, who has been pretty much touted as the top guy for quite some time, all because of the Olympics when obviously Slav had a great stretch, but not versus pros. And boy, the, the Montreal Canadiens fans are not happy. Then you have the Shane Wright stare now when he was on and he slipped a fourth, obviously, because team needs uh, the second and third picks didn't really fit with Shane Wright there. And uh, his stare down and he, uh, you know, that that beginning of that draft, there's a few trades that happened. And then you add in the name factor. Uh, that was great TV. And that's going to be it's very interesting. This may be a draft that we look back on like an all time blunder from Montreal. Reversely, very happy for the Seattle crack in a new franchise, potentially getting a franchise player, maybe a face of the league type of guy. So um, that draft, man, if, like again, like this, this playoffs are great in the NHL and it just continued with a great draft. So I hope everyone's tuning in. All the casual fans start watching. 
All right. Yeah, you're you're right about everything you said. But also, what's the best name in the draft? The my, I mean, like Topi Roni, Rico Tahila, Santeri Salku, Miko Matika. Boy, I don't know. I I I don't know if I can choose. My, Let us know. Drop us a line at minus three pod on on social media. I don't think I can make this decision alone. Two of them I liked. Um, I was like growing up in Staten Island near Rutgers. Seeing the name Rucker McGrory is uh, a pretty funny one. <laughs> and then obviously now with Top Gun being in the news again for the Top Gun Maverick, having somebody named Maverick Lamaru, and I believe is like his parents like made out on camera. That's another great name as as well. So I love those. <laughs> oh, two ones. That, those were the parents who made yeah, out. Yeah, Maverick Lamaru's parents yeah. were the ones doing yeah. the makeout sesh for the camera. I believe so. Uh, I mean, listen, when I'm when when dark days arrive, which they inevitably will for me, like they do for anybody else, I will dig up this list and I my heart will be filled with song ever so briefly. I, I I'm going to say it here and now. I used to sing songs on the radio about Tamu and Chichu. There are going to be some songs uh, coming up here. I just need some. I, I, I got to make my return from the heavens back to planet Earth and get my feet uh, stable before I start singing here. To the here and now. At the time of this recording, longtime Pittsburgh Penguins superstar, one of the 100 best players, obviously, whether or not he made that list whenever they made the top 100 players list of all time. The number two, the 1A to Sidney Crosby, one of the five best hockey players in the history of people, Gino Malkin. Even though Chris Letang, the other member of that trio that have been together for 16 years, has been inked and is safely now staying in black and gold for the next six years. Gino Malkin, apparently, and it's really hard to divine who's telling the truth here, is raw that the Penguins took too long to offer him a four-year deal or they the Pens are not telling the truth and they only offered him three at six years or three at seven years. Either way, you know, a lot of the curmudgeons on the banks of the Three Rivers, the hockey fans there and, and nationally, too. But I, I, I feel like people are harsher on Gino Malkin in Pittsburgh than they are, you know, globally about what he can contribute at 36 with, you know, repaired knees and, you know, slowing down and everything else. Practically, it's not nostalgia to want him back. And part of that is and, and I, I, you know, I, I, I say fat and double fat to anybody who says like, it's not about nostalgia. It's about winning Stanley Cup. No, I'm a sports fan. Of course, I'm nostalgic about the guys who contributed to, to my pleasure over the last decade and a half with nonsense. Talk about just rooting for jerseys. What are we doing here? If we don't root for the guys that have already performed at a high level for our teams. But if you let Malkin go, so what's the answer, Smarties? What are you doing now? Where are you going now? You definitely, you definitely getting Vinny Trocheck. If you, if you do, okay, then I'll back down. You don't get him. I don't know what the answer is. Oh, you can't keep Gino. He's slowing down now, and he's no, he's not good five on five. Better than what you're probably going to wind up with if you don't get uh, Trocheck, right, Spaghetti? What am I missing here? Well, I mean, the reason why I think he is testing the the, the waters uh, is because the deals for Latang and the deals for uh, Raquel, them getting six years, and then him asking for, you know, what does he want? Four years, he wanted like six per for a guy that hasn't played 70 games in a number of years. Now, that being said, I'll say some positives about him, uh, which is probably, probably shocking to a lot of the Pittsburgh Penguins fans here, but he is basically a point-of-game player, if healthy. Now, does he float a lot? Sure. Does he not really play defense? Yeah, also true. Um, but when he's on, he's as good as it could be plus obviously he could play uh, on the power play and then you have a guy that also he plays center and center is the premier position in the game that's what everyone wants and uh you know my rangers need a number two center which is why his name's kind of been linked there uh, i'm not sure if that's going to be uh, the proper fit but um you know uh, the other thing too with i don't get why, it for the ranger from the ranger side well, they need a, I know that they they need a number two practical center. need they well, need that's, a number that, yeah. that's the that to me the rangers don't make sense in a lot of ways, except for what I just said about the Penguins 45 seconds ago, which is like, well, now they don't have a number two center. And as it happens, you have to have somebody there. I will say this about 71 too: the thing that people are sleeping on the same people who bellyache are watching the Pens uh, in the Rangers series uh, a month or two ago. said Pens just aren't tough enough. You know, they get, they get pushed around. Like Gino Morgan doesn't get pushed around. The one thing that he does, if you watched him in two springs uh, springs ago against the Islanders, when they were getting pushed around by another team from the division in the playoffs, Gino Malkin is a different presence. He he does give you the pushback that you want. This idea, and and I do think that the 
you know, I go back and forth on it, you know, give me high skill ultimately, but you do have to have somebody who is tough to play against. Gino Malkin is that. And so the idea that he's old and so I get all of it, but you know, you have this very, uh, this, this very limited window. I'm very glad. I know you think less of Ricky Raquel uh, than I do. And and some Penguins fans do think, think less of him than I do. I, I just think he is, much like a quarterback can be a system quarterback. I think he's a system player. He's, you know, he's had 30 goal years on some decent Ducks teams. I think when you surround him with skill, he elevates his game in a way that is different than other Ham and Eggers do. Yes, Evan Rodriguez scores more goals if you put him on Sydney's, Sydney Crosby's wing too. But Raquel looks like he belongs at the high level there. And I think, I know the numbers don't necessarily consistently bear it out. I like what he is. I, I really like that signing. I do wonder where... Your team and my team now goes for a second center. And I think that, I mean, I haven't heard Trocheck to the Rangers at all, but I'm not sure why you guys are letting cop out of the joint. Um, well, for money reasons, so him being him costing four and a half million when we traded for him and now he's looking for five and a half or above. Rangers don't have the cash space like that. And that kind of is the reason I think the, the Penguins are letting Malkin contest it, too, is because you have so many guys out there. You have Bergeron, you have Giroux, you have you know Johnny Gaudreau is probably going to get a huge contract from someone like Philly, maybe the Islanders, um, guys like you said, Trochuk, Palat. I mean, Kadri's name has been thrown out there. There's uh, even Stasny, if you want a guy who's probably your bottom six now uh, there. But I'm not sure if Cobb is a number two center guy i also think this move letting malkin go is a good thing for the penguins because i don't think you you're a pretty old roster as it is i don't think you want to keep having guys sign long term on this older roster like i wasn't a huge fan of the latang move just because the numbers of the uh the years and the money thing too is like you're guaranteed you and you have to pay it unless you someone agrees uh to trade for him and pay part of his salary which is Pretty, you know, happens pretty frequently in the NHL, but I'm not a fan of that. And I think you guys have to get some younger uh, bodies in there. Like Raquel, I mean, you know, six years for him is a lot too. He's probably the best signing out of the three, but there are a ton of, you know, higher end free agents. This, this is going to be a crazy um, off season here for the NHL, but I, I don't, I think ultimately it's not the, the worst move uh, if, if Malkin does go somewhere else, because you're only probably going to get 50, 55 games from him anyway. And, you know, not have great defense. So I think if he goes to a team, it has to be a team that's already in playoff, you know, the playoff picture, that could afford for a guy to miss some time like the, but my pushback to all I, and I hear you on, you know, what's going to be in four or five years to me, worry about that in four or five years or worry about that in two years. But right now play to win now, like the Rams did, like the avalanche did. That's the way. And when you have Sidney Crosby at his age, the window ain't staying open much longer. Just go all in now and and see where the dust settles in, in a couple of years there. I know that's reckless sounding, but I do think that as much as I talk about Ron Hextall still maybe being a double agent spy for the Philadelphia Flyers, um, he did do a nice job. I mean, it's not like they overpaid for any of those guys. The, that Latang took a took a hometown discount uh, discount and how and five million for Raquel is not outrageous. Um so I, th- I think so far, so good. I'm sad to see 71 likely on his way out the door. But, yes, I'm with you. I, I'm now fascinated to see where Goudreau lands. I do fear it's going to – it sounds like it's down to the Rangers and to the Islanders. Either way, that's not good for um, our two teams. But, uh, all right, you know what? And, and Patrick Kane might land with uh, with your blue shirts. Who knows? Um, before we get, though, to Jen Piacente and some football talk, very quickly – because we were we did shows last week, but we recorded them uh, a little early so that everybody could enjoy their July Fourth holiday. What's going down in Staten Island? Did you have a run in with Johnny Law? Yeah, there was. Uh, so uh, to make a long story short, we just had some family come over. My cousins were excited to see me that I was home. Uh, they traveled up from Long Island to see me. So aunts or uncles are here. Uh, we were playing like Bob Marley, very you know low key music. We we're just in my pool. My brother was smoking some flame and yawns on on his Traeger. And at five p.m. <laughs> when you said Bob Marley and your brother oh, was smoking, smoking yeah, like, yeah, no. oh no wonder the cops showed up. They're out in the open air like that. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I think there's you know my my family's been living here and like they've been in this house 
house for like 40 years. Um, everyone pretty much knows us, and we've never had complaints ever. And at 5 o'clock, um, someone called the cops, and they came by, and the cops didn't do anything at all. They were like, there's nothing we could do. It's not 11 o'clock. You're not breaking noise violence. But we're just you know, seeing what the issue was. And basically, there's like a woman who may be renting a couple houses down behind us just said there was a, a lot of foul language, and uh, the music was loud, and she was concerned for her neighbors that are elderly, um, and there's infant neighbors as well. So as this was going on with my, my family, my brother talking to the to the cops, I took a walk around the block and started ringing doorbells. And I know the house behind us does. Uh, they, they party as well. And they were like they were in, sh- in shock. Other and other people didn't answer. But I know for a fact there's no elderly people and there's no infants there. And again, if there were, it's five o'clock on a Sunday. There's not really much you could do about it. Uh, and they call an hour, 40 minutes later, because the cops didn't do anything. They call back again and the cops ignored the call. Like they just said, like, we're not going to go back there. So we're hoping. And also, we don't live here. I don't live in Santa. My brother lives in and so it's not like we're going to have parties all the time. This is just because I was home. So a little frustrating. So that was our, our run in with the uh, with, with Johnny Law. knocking on doors, though? Just so it just did, out? Just Are you the one who called? <laughs> well, see, I mean, I, I had to be the one of the, the my family Eddie because I'm the least. Uh, tank top and burnt nose. John, are you the one? Did you place the call? If anyone in the family had the best chance of talking somebody with like with a level head, it would have been me at the moment. So that's why I went over there try to to ease well, tensions and ask what the issue was. Yeah, he was, he yeah. Be, he wouldn't be the guy to go. Out no, there. no. So that was uh, that was a bummer. But all but all in all, a uh, good time home. Uh, summertime fun. That sounds great. All right. Well, better than the one we had. We're all laid up with uh, COVID over here. So uh, forgive me if I, if my brain is even fuzzier than it usually seems to be. But with that said. Let's uh, get ready for Jen. Um, But before we do, let's get in our picks here, Eddie Spaghetti. That's right. Step up to the tee and take a swing because it is time to bet on the PGA Tour on FanDuel right now. New customers can bet the tour with a no-sweat first bet. If you don't win, you're going to win back $1,000 in free bets. All you you, You can bet them anyway, too, by the way. Go to FanDuel and check it out. You can bet a guy to win outright, finish in the top 20, win in his head-to-head matchup and more. Um, And, of course, it is time for the Open. They used to say the British Open, but they've dispensed with that. Now it's the Open. I don't know what what, what we're supposed to take away from that. But, anyway, it is the Open. I'll give you a couple of thoughts here. I'm going all Justin this time. Justin Thomas or Rose, one of those two guys. I like the juice attached to their two names. Um, support me, ride with me if you want to, make your own bet. The important thing that you do is you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number three, to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Spaghetti, give us one name that you're picking to win the Open. Oh, man, one name. Um, okay, then I'm going to scratch the the longer shots I had. I'm going to give you one name with pretty good odds, not the okay, favorite. Okay, give me three. Best, give me three. Well, I was going to say my favorite pick would be John Rahm. He's plus uh, 1,600 near the top there with uh, Rory and, and Xander and Spieth. Uh, they're all around near the same. Um, the couple of long shots I liked, uh, Tommy Flea was plus 2,800. And uh, you want to get, I mean, Brooks Kepka. if you like Brooks, I mean, it's a very long shot. He's plus 4,200. I think an American could win um, to win this one. So there's, you know, right now, on FanDuel, that's where he's uh, near the middle of the pack. Uh, not too far away, also is Tiger Woods a plus sixty five hundred. If that's even going to happen, so. Uh, but yeah, I ah, like I like John yeah. Rom. I like that one. Do it for Hench. He's over there in England too. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention that he's over there in England on a vacation, and he's got the nineteen as well. So uh, so best to him as well. Spaghetti knocking on doors in Staten Island. What a trio of people here that you listen to on Minus 3. Two of us laying on beds in different parts of the Big Blue Marble and Spaghetti looking for people who are calling the fuzz on them. Anyway, uh, support us, why don't you, by going to FanDuel.com and bet with us at uh, and use the promo code Minus 3 again, the word Minus, the number 3. Let's work in a real quick break here. Here she is, everybody. Enjoy following her work on social media. You can track her down at Sports Illustrated. You can listen to her on Sirius XM Radio talking about fantasy and real sports. She's a baseball wizard, a football guru, and she also can sing a little opera. Ooh, we may need to track her down to help us out with some hockey songs for 2022. You know, I love my hockey names. Here she is, everybody. It's Jen Piacente. What's happening, sis? 
Hey, you know what? I'm just thrilled and honored. This is my first appearance ever on the Minus Three podcast. And like, it is? Yeah. In fact, wait, well, because you that? I'm a little insulted. What took you guys so long? Come on. Oh, shame the devil that you would say such a thing. <laughs> you and Eddie Spaghetti were making uh, beautiful music together, talking about fantasy and such all through last autumn. I didn't, yeah. I, I felt it wasn't a Piacente issue. I didn't want to oversaturate people with spaghetti. You understand, understand. this, so it's not a knock on you. (laughs) Um, But as we transition, I keep talking about it. It's football season. Close enough. I know you love your baseball and we'll indulge it for a fortnight or thereabouts. But then it's it's fully time to turn things over to uh, to the pigskin. But, uh, you know, just very quickly, your reaction to, um, you know, you don't have to answer for where baseball is in the hierarchy and everything else. Spaghetti and I and Hench had a great conversation a couple of weeks ago about, you know, assumptions that are made about what's popular yeah. um, in terms of what, what you know, well, pro football is untouchable. It's, a, you know, the people would say that about baseball, you know, 30 years ago, not that long ago, baseball was still, it was neck and neck kind of with, with pro football um, and horse racing and boxing led the way along with baseball 75 years ago. Where do you think baseball is in that hierarchy in let's say 25 years from now, pro football, Probably going to be hard to knock off the peak of the mountain and college football's probably yeah. falling back a little bit. NBA has taken its shot. I don't know that it's ever going to get to the top spot, but where's baseball fit into all this? Man, it's a great question. I'm going to be optimistic and say that it stays number two behind the NFL because it is America's pastime and we play it freaking half the year. And you know what? Sorry, guys, you're stuck. You have to watch baseball right now because that's all there is. So you may as well become a fan. So I'm hoping I'm going to be optimistic and say that it stays. It, it will never surpass NFL. Uh, there's no way around that. But I'm hopeful there'll be more cool stars like Shohei Otani and, you know, I don't know. Kyle Schwarber out there making waves and Pete Alonzo smashing probably a three-peat in the home run derby. And hopefully people will get excited and and baseball will get off its butt and get in gear and try to get topical and cool. And because it's still a great game. You Look know, at what the NBA, NBA does. The NBA has, you know, we were talking about it. The Vegas League um is off-season content that keeps pro basketball relevant in the you know, nominal off season baseball needs to make inroads as far as that goes. Okay. You yeah, float- well, but, but they do, they have Arizona fall league and they have spring training, so they could do it. But here's my problem with basketball. Basketball's an indoor sport. <laughs> Ew. Sorry. You get a minus one for that football. You can go outside, right? You can be in a dome inside, outside, same for baseball inside, outside. So you get the weather ambiance. You, you have an association with the season, you know, it's fun. Like summer nights out at the ballpark. It's romantic. You're at the Chavez ravine watching sunsets behind Trey Turner. It's wonderful basketball. Look, the athleticism is amazing, but it's always going to be an indoor sport. And so it's just, it's not going to get there. And same for hockey. Sorry. Well, it calls into question. Well, you, now they take the roof off of of hockey arenas at least once a year. They play it in a football stadium to see they're getting smart. the outdoors. See? I, see, that was a that was a smart play. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball blew play, July fourth. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, people were all over it. Uh, people have picked up on that. That you know, just as the NBA owns Christmas and college football owns New Year's Day and everything else, why baseball didn't and hasn't made a play for July 4th in a stronger way is a little bit weird, but you know, but the point about basketball, I I've, I've mentioned that before. Why is it a summer game in the Olympics when they play it in the gym? Now, if they want to do it out on the blacktop, I'm, I'm open to that or out on the, uh, on an aircraft carrier, like they do once in a blue moon too. If they yeah, want to do that, then it's a summer game as carrier. it is. It's a winter game, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. And why aren't more games played on aircraft carriers in general? Mm-hmm. Right. All sports, all sports. all sports. I think that would be neat because the peril like that and, and no and no like roping it off, no roping it off. So nobody goes off the edge. No, that becomes a part of the game. You go over the edge, you go over the edge. You know, <laughs> I like that, that the increased stakes are always better in sports. Um, you mentioned Otani. I uh, Spaghetti and Hench and I had this conversation 
about three or four months ago. And I'd like to think that we spurred the uh, the uh, the the two superstars of the Ed- Edmonton Oilers to get their butt and their entire team in gear. And they made the playoffs and made a pretty deep uh, Stanley Cup run. I'm talking about Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, of course. Do Otani and Trout now take over the mantle for the two greatest superstars on the same team who've done the least in maybe sports history, or at least <sighs> in the last 25, 50 years? I mean, how many how many teams have had two? Uh, again, just as I said about Dreisaitl and McDavid four or five months ago, in hockey terms, I mean, Trout and Otani are two of the five best players in baseball, right? And their team stayed always. And I think since they changed their managers, their win percentage is like 0.085. I mean, it's, it's truly astounding. And what's even more astounding is that they both are like in the top five most favored for uh, AL MVP still somehow. Right. I mean, Shohei Otani, I get it. He's a two way player. He's a once in a generation talent. He's okay. But Mike Trout, you know, why is he ahead of Jordan Alvarez? Why is he ahead of Jose Ramirez who, who, with the overperforming Cleveland Guardians? So you have two of these guys who are like uh, the second and third favorite for the AL MVP and their team cannot win a ball game. Not only can they not win a ball game, they lead the MLB in strikeouts. So if you're playing DFS or if you're just streaming pitchers, you always stream them versus the Angels because they make every pitcher look like a superstar and you're just going to cash all the way to the bank for that. So remember that. So I don't know how you have two leading MVP candidates and their team leads the league in strikeouts and they can't win a ball game. It's, it's, it it is truly, it is really, truly astounding how, I don't know if they're just that mismanaged. Yeah. The pitching isn't that good. I'm on a tear and we're supposed to be talking about football. I'm sorry. I get no, so, I, it gets so I, emotional. These are one of these things that I, you know, these are one of these <laughs> subjects that, that that endlessly fascinate me, but it more dependable. See, it is, it is elusive to try and figure out how that could be. And, you know, the obvious answer from a hardo would be is like, no, the rest of the, the whole, it's a team sport. And they're not, all right, mm. but they're, they're, they're so dominant. It still doesn't make sense. You can you can you can provide me with Anthony any number. Of, of, there's Jared Walsh. There's other players on the team that are good. It's right. not like they're the worst players in baseball. They're they're decent players on that team. The the way that they continue to lose is is honestly mind boggling. It's it's mind boggling. Exactly. Exactly. Now, a straighter line that makes you feel smart as a sports fan and a fantasy player is paying attention to the QB league because a dependable straight line exists. If you have the guy, your guy, the quarterback, you have the the real deal at QB and more and more teams do have the real deal at QB. And I'll, I'll explain that in a second. Um, it's kind of um, in fantasy terms, I don't think as you sit down to do your draft, and I know a lot of people have already begun doing exactly that now, um, that it's, I I always say gold is precious because it's rare. Therefore, QBs and fantasy aren't that valuable because if your league runs 12 deep, you're going to get a decent QB. I think think a a common mistake is uh, overreaching for a QB. But is there... Uh, an exception to that rule because there have been over the years guys that even amidst when people have identified like, yeah, you know, if you get the 10th best quarterback, it's not going to be a killer for your fantasy team, but there have been guys who dominate so thoroughly that you do want that. Is there a name or two of like, if you can get this guy, it is worth it to reach maybe a round early or bid a little bit higher than you expected to bid. If you're in an auction draft to get that QB. Um, No, The answer is no. And I think even less this year than ever before. And that's because Mm. the quarterback play is even better this year than ever before. So you've had Josh Allen be the leading QB the past two seasons. Oh, but what about Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes is the best player ever. Okay, so you don't get Josh Allen. You have to settle for Patrick Mahomes or you have to settle for Justin Herbert, who many people are projecting to be the number one. Or if you can't get those guys, maybe you're going to get only Jalen Hurts, who just got A.J. Brown and can rush enough touchdowns in to make you enough points. Or perhaps after that, oh, no, you missed out on those guys. How about Tom Brady, who threw for 5,000 yards last year? No, didn't get him. Okay. 
away. Aaron Rodgers, who's the reigning MVP. Oh, wait, stop. Joe Burrow had the best completion percentage in the, the, the NFL last year. So he might take a step forward. Oh, wait, one more. Dak Prescott. Right. That guy's pretty good. Pretty high powered offense. Oh, and we're forgetting about Russ Wilson. Dang it. Now he's got Nathaniel Hackett and more weapons than he's ever had before. And, and guess what? Nathaniel Hackett's the guy that revived Aaron Rodgers' career. And we haven't even gotten in to the potential for, say, like Kyler Murray or, you know, Matt Ryan, who actually I think could have a resurgent season. Derek Carr just got the best wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, I, not, I don't know why you're you're beating around the bush. So Mitchell where's Trubisky. the Delta? Say, right? say, say Mitchell like, Trubisky. Go ahead and say it if you want to. Be brave. <laughs> No, okay. you Mitch. don't have to say that. You don't have to do there's that. There's Mitch. Um, Little Mitch. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, uh, of course that's true. And if you saw that list that came out a couple of days, few days ago, I think it was, I don't even remember which outlet put it out, but it got a lot of reaction anyway um, from uh, Ryan Clark, our pal, and many others weighed in. Like, oh, the disrespect to Lamar Jackson, he's not even in the top 10. And I would advocate he belongs in the top 10. I, if you look at the specific names, he should be somewhere in the five to seven range. But what it points to points out to me more than anything else is we have a ton of good high-end QBs. Exactly. I also think that, I mean, that's that's the point it proves. And in exactly. fact, I, I have to do a deep dive on this um, over the coming days. I got to figure this out once and for all, because I always claim full QB saturation exists in pro football, which is to say that there are more capable quarterbacks than there are slots for them in pro football Correct. 32 times over. Now people push back at that cousin Sal mocks me for it. And he said, well, why is the blank team starting that guy? You know, the, why are they starting that bump? Well, cause you can't magically snap your fingers and, and pull a guy who's backing up somewhere and put him onto your roster just because he exists. Doesn't mean he can play on your team. But the point is there are 32 guys who can succeed relatively speaking or, or get by in pro football at QB. Um, and I really I'm trying to think of like, what's the worst situation outside of Seattle? I mean, I, you know, the Drew Locke, Geno Smith one. Those are, you know, those are uh, two second round picks going head yeah. to head. That's not I don't love it, but I think they're going to wind up with Jim. It sounds like there's at least a chance they wind up with Jimmy G as well there. That's Maybe bad. Daniel Davis Jones. Mills is Daniel Jones is questionable. Oh, Eddie Spaghetti. That's going to hurt his feelings. You Sorry, guys were- Eddie. It's questionable. And, and then, of course, there's this big guy's. Big battle position, positional battle. You got to watch Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold get friends. This is this is the battle of this. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not here to make fun of Bake anymore. That's <laughs> not, I'm I've, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm Baked. not I'm not about I'm not I, I'm rooting for well, Bake to succeed just to just to make the Browns look like the Browns for the umpteenth time. Hundred percent. Browns are going to Brown. I want to talk about um, with you on mm-hmm. FanDuel. You can track down all sorts of season props, individual Ooh, to the player, to, to, to team win totals, whether or not they'll make the playoffs. We're going to dig in with uh, with uh, it's time for for one of the hardest games. I'm not going to do it with you right now, but it's time for Damashek to start digging in on one of the toughest games out there. For people who claim to know about pro football and can divine what the short-term future is going to be, identifying teams that are absolutely positively not going to make the playoffs. It's 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 a very difficult game to play. You think it's a breeze. It is anything but. Um, I think it's easy to throw out the Seahawks right now, but start getting into it. See if you can cobble okay. together a, a list, Jen. And let's okay. see. It's sort of like. Um, name that tune. I can do it in under okay. this. How many teams can you name and get right? before before you fall off the side of the air carrier okay you know yeah i got a few it's a hard game to play in the meantime let's let's start here derrick henry rushing yards for the 2022 season listed right now what do you what first of all what do you guess it is i guess it's three thirteen fifty point five is my guess not too far off 1400.5 you can get that at uh, minus 112 on either side of it how say you? Where do you go? Do you go over or under that total? Really hard um, because this guy was on pace for 2,000 yards last year, right? Obviously, he didn't make it. Um, I would kind of avoid this bet. I hate it. Uh, he averages more than 100 yards per game, though, over his past few seasons. So if he's healthy, he's smashing this. If anything happens, he's not. Um, do we have a touchdown total for him? Because I might rather play that game. 
We might have it. I don't have it in front of me. No, and you're, okay. dying, you're you're avoiding the subject neatly. I'm going to go I'll, over. It, it, and it's, it's, it's an incredibly massive number. And it's an incredibly, incredibly bold take to take the over, believe it or not. But this guy, when he's healthy, and I'm going to assume he is, I'm going to assume if he's 85% of Derrick Henry, he can do this. But it is. I don't. I, I, I have spoken out many times about about the all time jerk who goes into the casino and walks up to the dice table and there are the frat dudes gathered around it and some some big spenders and everybody's rooting for the same thing. Everybody wants a hard eight. Everybody wants to hit the point. Everybody's roaring. Then that jerk comes in and starts betting on the don't pass line. Don't be a, a don't pass better in life. However, in pro football betting, it's generally a smart proposition to bet the under on all season totals. Mm-hmm. It's a collision sport. Guys get hurt. Derrick Henry just got hurt. Mm-hmm. People get hurt. It's pretty smart to bet. It, it, you would make money. We said this a year ago, Hench and I, and I say it again. If you just bet all the unders on on individual players, you will come out a winner. Almost. I I, I don't have the math to prove that, but but I it, it was empirically true a year ago. And with Derrick Henry specifically, I know it's uh, pessimistic. You know, Ricky Williams, O.J. Simpson, Earl Campbell, Adrian Peterson all have had heavy workloads. Very few of even those guys were able to keep on rolling after getting 350 touches in back-to-back years. Most human beings slow down after that. Derrick Henry's in a tough spot here, so I'm going to go under there. Here's a fascinating one, back to Spaghetti's Giants. Saquon Barkley. What do you? I, well, I told you just before we got going here, so it won't uh, it won't be that intriguing for you. So I'm just going to tell you, his rush total for 2022 stuns me how low it is, 850.5. Does that drop your jaw that it's that it's that? I mean, 150 yards under a grand. If he stays anything close to healthy, he'll blow by that. I, I'm going to contradict not. what I just except, said two minutes ago and go way over that one. Except not, he played 13 games last year, which is almost healthy, right? I need 593 yards. So let's go 593 divided by 13, 45 and a half yards per game. Let's say he but plays. He wasn't right. You're, you're treating him like you're treating him like when he was in there, he was hundred percent. But what we, I think that we get fooled because we think about Saquon Barkley as a great fantasy football player. And he was, but that also has a lot to do with his catching ability, right. And his receiving ability. So because it's local, if I had like a combo yard uh, number, I would like that better. Like yards from scrimmage rushing. That's a tough line. I would go to the over. I will say I would go to the over uh, if I had to take this bet. But um, I think it might be right there. Vegas is really good. And I feel like 859 is like exactly where he's going to land. I, it's funny because this is the one of all the ones that jumped out at me is like, oh, come on. This one feels like a no brainer. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic with Saquon. But why? Yeah, but How good has he been the past two years? Right. He has cynically, not been. Cynically, it's a contract year. Guys have a magical way. Per attempt last year. Three point seven. His longest rush was 41 yards. OK, fine. Like, so everyone's like, oh, Brian Dable's coming down. That is true. I do think that will help. But give me the list of big running back breakouts that were led by Brian Dable. Fair. Spaghetti, you want to get a bite of this apple here? Yeah, well, you guys were talking about this off air before, and uh, and Jen just said it again. It makes a great point that I actually did think coming into the season with the weapons the Giants have at uh, receiver, and I use the term weapons lightly, um, but there have been improvements to this offensive line, and I do think in Daniel Jones in this like kind of make-or-break year that he needs to show something, and I would not be shocked if this is more uh, a pass-heavy offense, and I do think Saquon is going to be a uh, an impact uh, player, but it may be more on the receiving end because we can't forget he was a dynamic uh, he's a great pass blocker, and he's, he can great he can catch out of the backfield too. So I, I think just from what I've been reading, there's a reason why they they drafted Wondell Robinson in the second round. Obviously, they didn't make any use of Kenny Galladay last year. Um, I just think the Giants will move the ball through the air more. But like Check said, especially with the 17th game, uh, you know, 800, 850 yards is is it's it is feasible. It is it is pretty feasible. If I had to pick the over, I would, but I don't think he's going to go way over. I think it's be you're you're going to be buying your nails like that 16, 17 game of the season. Boy, well, I mean, I to me, from a distance, and I do think that the people to listen to, 
yeah, that's what we do. You want to, we should really work out a duet. I mean, like I said earlier, I love to sing songs or have over the years sing songs about <laughs> the best name hockey players. Maybe we could take it to another level and, and involve Piacenti, the opera singer. That, I mean, that, that couldn't hurt, uh, hurt matters at all. Just your ears. Um, MVP. Um, odds are out there as well, of course. And Ooh. Justin Herbert is at plus 1,000. I was underwhelmed by the juice attached to that. I love the Chargers once again. I liked them last year. I thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl. You can laugh about it. Um, in hindsight, the Nails performance that Herbert delivered has already been lost to history in that Week 17 game or the what Week 18 game, the 17th game that went to overtime. The number of 4th and 10 completions he made with this literal season on the line um, were remarkable. That, that, I mean, not that that is what ultimately um, makes him a great fantasy bet, but as an MVP bet and on a team that continues to have. And, and, and in fact, I said this last year, one of the top two or three rosters in the conference, it still does and is much better than it was a year ago. I think things line up for Justin Herbert in year three to have as good a year as he had last year. And that's saying something. I don't think there's a big dip in his in his statistics. I think there is an elevation in where the team is going. I think that adds up to Herbert looking like an MVP. How say you? I dig that. I think that's absolutely possible. And I think Fabiana would be with you on that as well. I think that's that's a great bet. Uh, plus 1,000. Yeah, I, I really like Herbert this year for fantasy too. You're right, his weapons are there. It's set up. Uh, Brandon Staley has, you know, got more experience as a coach. Um, everything looks good, so I, I like that a lot. Um, what's Josh Allen's odds for MVP? I think he is the favorite right now. He's the favorite. I don't have him in front of you. There's no value, right? His- I mean, that's the thing that when, when I like when I'm looking at these like. Okay, so I get paid two to one, three to one. But really, there's so many in the field. It feels like an easy bet, but it's not. I would rather take a value on Justin Herbert all the way. That's right. Well, greater value is on Lamar Jackson at plus 2,000. And I'll dig in on uh, on Lamar at a later date here. But the same thing that I think is something that the Ravens have to monitor is the same thing that the Bills have to with Josh Allen, which is, I know they're very different runners and, you know, the level Mm -hmm. of contact that they take is very different and all that. Um, And they cut different figures, but either way, both organizations cannot let their QBs keep being the primary ball carrier. I mean, you know, friends, I would also recommend taking the under on Josh Allen rushing touchdowns this year. I think last I saw it was six and a half. He had six last year. I don't see that them pushing him any further. They let they let uh, Devin Singletary run it out down the stretch. There's no reason they shouldn't do that. They drafted James Cook. So I think that's actually a good bet if you guys can find it, especially if you find a high rushing touchdown for Josh Allen. Take the under. I'm with you. They have got to protect their talent. And though they can do it and they will do it from time to time because they're winners and they're just going to do it. The game plan needs to be not to include that if possible. I get it. And maybe in the postseason, that's what you do yes, until the 100%. wheels just fall off. You just say, yep. hey, Josh, now we're in the January. Now yeah. we're we're cutting off. You know, yep. now, now you're free to run. But up until that point, it is I, I but I would I could see being a coach in the NFL. And when expectations are high, if you don't meet them, that your head could be on the chopping block and all that. I I would uh I, it would be easy to be seduced into saying like, go ahead, Josh, well, you're, you're our best runner. Just, just yeah. run the ball here, but it's just not, it's just not a good long-term play for, uh, for your QB's health and therefore for your organization. So um, I think, but that to, to get back to Lamar Jackson, I do like assuming he gets a contract, which I, you know, I right. assume he still is going to, but they better give him a con. I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine as we sit here in mid July, what the Ravens are trying to pull off here. It's like, it really is like a game of chicken against their franchise. I don't get what's Ridiculous. going on. Ridiculous. Unnecessary. Tam- Tampa has its QB back. Uns- I mean, uh, it was surprising as a matter of fact. Now, who, who's, that? who's that? Brady. He, uh, he was, Never heard of the guy. To, Never he spent about as much time. Well, he, it's sort of like how Mike Piazza went from the Dodgers uh-huh. Okay. To the Mets, but made like a stop uh-huh. for three hours with the Marlins and put the mm-hmm. hat on. And then it was like, never mind. I'm not, we're never doing that. It was like, it's kind of like that. Brady 
almost put on an aqua hat and then he went back to the to the um, red what is that 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 hat that he wears you know buccaneer bruce tilted <laughs> a skew whatever you call that kind of hat that he wears the fancy man now best record in all the nfl you can get the buccaneers at plus 500 i like this because just as i said a year ago the titans are going to get the number one seed in the AFC. And people mm-hmm. said, you think the Titans are better than blank in the AFC? No, I think that the path is the easiest for them. I think the Buccaneers are in a division with the Falcons. I think the Panthers are going to be okay. I, I don't agree. know exactly. I think the Saints are going to be okay too. But um, I think they have, of all the contenders, I think they have the easiest path. The NFC ain't great. I think it adds up. Brett Brady gets the virtue of being the number one seed, obviously. You know, he's not one of those guys who makes excuses. Hey, we just got to get into the mix and then see. He understands the number one seed is the goal so that you get to put your feet up for a week, especially when you're uh, 52 years old or whatever he is at this point. How <laughs> say you? Best record in the NFL, Tampa plus 500. You like I'm going to back that play big time. Um, I really do. I, it's all about the pathway. Like you said, just like with the Titans, I was actually going over the Titans win totals today on, on Sirius and um, – um, yeah, they haven't. I think they have a fairly easy path. Fabiano thinks it's more difficult than I do, but um, I do think it's a fairly easy pathway. But the Bucks, you look at that, and it just—it looks like a smash play. I look like I, I, I like the Colts a lot this year. I think I more know. than most people do. Um, I also think the Jags are gonna be better than a lot of people anticipate. Yeah. So I don't think it's a cakewalk of a, of a division, even compared to what it was a year ago. Um, I mentioned Tampa. We've, everybody has mentioned bake um, going to Carolina, the total wins for the Panthers. It was five. They won five a year ago. Now you can get it uh, six and a half at plus one Oh five. If you're feeling optimistic about what bake's going to do in Charlotte, North Carolina, how say you, uh, I think they can probably get to seven wins again. I'm not super excited about this, but we did see Sam Darnold have two, like three, 300 plus yard games in his first four games to Carolina. So there's certainly a possibility that Baker Mayfield can, uh, I don't know, revive a career. Do you revive it if you've never only had one winning season in your I don't know, but there's certainly a possibility that the Panthers can be good. And let's say Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. And then DJ Moore is again, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, There's plenty of talent there. Maybe Robbie Anderson will wake up, maybe Terrace uh, Marshall Jr. You know, we know Baker Mayfield had a great chemistry with Jarvis Landry, who was in the slot. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. I'm reaching here maybe a little bit. Well, no, I mean, a year ago, people were all over Marshall. And you right. know he was a dud. So are you? Are we going to throw dirt on his career, or, is, or or does he have a chance of resurrection post Sam Darnold? I also think this QB battle stuff. Obviously, Matt Rule's going to say that he he went out of his way to yes. get Sam Darnold a year ago. What's he going it, to? It's going to be Baker Mayfield. Yeah. In fact, I don't know how to quantify this, but I'd be uh, I'd be if I had to bet. If you told me. Oh, Baker Mayfield isn't the starting quarterback in Carolina. I would bet it's Matt Corral, not Sam Darnold. I, would I think too. that. I, I, I mean, that, I, that's the way it. The thing up. that bummed me out most about the Baker Mayfield signing was that I had, um, you know, Matt Corral as the NFL Rookie of the Year, thinking like he's going to accidentally play his way like Justin Herbert d- did into a role. By the third week, because Sam Darnold is going to suck so much and he's going to end up surprising everybody. That's kind of how I had it playing. So when Baker Mayfield, I was like, well, dang, that probably ruined that bet. But you never know. It could still happen. It is. It is as another reminder of the umpteenth reminders I've given on this subject. The first overall pick in not this wasn't this didn't happen, you know, 17 years ago or anything. This was a handful of years ago. Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. Then two picks later. Uh, Sam Darnold went still on the board were Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Nobody knows anything. Don't listen to these people right. when and next spring rolls around like this is the QB. Your team better take if if you're on the if he's on the board there. These these people work hard. They study the tape. Most of them, some of them don't, but most of them do. And they're, they're they give their opinions in good faith, but doesn't mean that they're right. 
you know, it, it really is crazy that, that Baker and Sam are now both in uh, North Carolina, uh, allegedly going to battle it out for the uh, top spot. And I mentioned the Colts. Their win total for the year is at nine and a half. How say you? Over it's the same a- as the Titans. Um, I'll say over. Um, but I need to probably I should have looked at their specific schedule because I like to break things down. But I think they can probably they always dominate the Texans. They just do. They'll probably split with the Titans. So that's a few. Uh, the Jags, I think they'll be. I mean, yeah, I need to look it down. But you know what? I really dig Matt Ryan there. I do. You know, Carson Wentz um, was actually pretty good for fantasy last year. And yet he sucked. I think Matt Ryan, who's thrown for, I think, 4,000 plus yards and all but maybe four of his seasons, is going to be good there. And then he's going to have this. I think Jonathan Taylor is actually a good thing because it will give it will open up more opportunities for Matt Ryan, who's still a much more accurate passer than, say, like Carson Wentz or even Philip Rivers. I, I just I like it. I, I think there's like some sneaky stuff there. Frank Reich is smart. I think it's a good system for Ryan to be successful and he's going off the board as QB 20 in fantasy drafts, which is exactly where he finished last year when he played with basically nobody, right? Mm -hmm. Basically no Calvin Ridley, no Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts rookie. And he's being drafted where he finished last year. He should not, he's, he's going to be a value. I like it. And I love Jonathan Taylor. I think they get the double digits. Don't sleep on the fact that the Colts were for about six weeks there, the best team in the AFC. Um, I mean, so were the Patriots for a couple or a few weeks where we all, you know, thought, oh no, Belichick has done it again. But the Colts were, were a real good team. And then Wentz happened and it all fell apart. And I get now that there has been some residual skepticism thrown in the direction of Ballard and, and Reich because of the like, Every year. It's kind of a weird thing. In fact, I even in free agency, has any team ever rotated starting QBs, the guy knowing that in uh, on August 1st, like this is our guy for the full season. It's somebody different yeah. every year for like four straight years. It's very uh, it's obviously unusual, but for the and that is weird at the most important position. But overall, they they continue to build nice rosters around them. I think this Colts roster is overall um you know, in the upper third of the league in terms of top to bottom uh, talent. And so I like the Colts uh, to get the double digits there. Um, Better O-line for Matt Ryan. I mean, it's just, I like it. Um, let's do two more there. And then I want to talk to you about some wide receivers. The Minnesota Vikings, again, I, I, I'm getting a little cavalier about throwing out. Well, the NFC is soft this year and the AFC is great. And so I'm 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 hanging too much on... Like, oh, the conference is weak, so mediocre teams should be all right. I actually think the Vikings have a nice roster. I like bringing in an offensive coach for uh, Kirk Cousins, who is in the, you know, maybe the best of the middle class QBs that we uh, that we talked about there. An offensive coach that oversaw a Cooper Cup breakout season like no one's ever seen before. So Justin Jefferson Mm -hmm. and Adam Thielen and Adam Thielen, by the way, huge red zone target. I don't think that changes. I think both those receivers are going to be huge. And that means Kirk Cousins is going to be successful as well. And they still have a talented run game. So mm-hmm. I, I, again, I think her cousins is another player. That's going to, we're talking about quarterbacks. Look, look how much, how much talent is there. And, and yeah, you would never even think about drafting him. I don't would, think, but yes, it wouldn't. speaks to what we're talking about, but I, um, what do you, so it sounds like you're optimistic about them as well. What do you I think am. their win total is? What is it set at right now? Eight and a half. I'm asking you. Eight and a half is what it's. Yeah. At. I think. I think they do oh, yeah. go over that. And I um, think they get to nine. I think yeah, nine ten is right about where they finish there. I I like the way things set up there. The Bears should be um, junk, and there's a lot of enthusiasm around the Lions, and but I they get it. Get Nikhil Harry, Dave. That's you know what. You're so right. you may need to what? just like, you need to, FanDuel may have to take all these down, the whole, scrap the whole thing. I buried the lead, didn't I? That's what totals. they, that's what you're not supposed Huge. to do. Okay. Last one, the Zach Wilsons. Do you, first of all, as a human being hearing the off the field stuff, do you think, does that, 
do anything for you? Does that make you think, you know what? I like the cut of his jib or like, wait, what's he doing? No. What's he doing with himself? He's not focusing on ball 24 seven. Does this tip you in either no, I direction? Think he's focusing on balls. Um, no, I, oh. I no, sorry. Oh, Jennifer, no. come on. Just be better. cut that to cut that. Um, <laughs> no, oh, not I, I'm not interested uh, in the jets, no matter what. And the off season stuff just kind of makes me roll my eyes. And I just think it's rather juvenile and ridiculous. And the fact that we have, I mean, I guess fine. I mean, I guess it's a, it's a crazy sport, but it just reminds you that these are like kids anchoring these teams. Um, and well, I mean, mom. one of the parties involved in the, in the, one of the, yeah, I was going to say yeah. the, the salacious story is only one half of a youngster. The the other one is Mrs. Robinson, right? Oh, <laughs> here's to you. Okay. No, no more singing. Um, yes. The other half is Mrs. Robinson. And then of course the scorned ex-girlfriend. So stay tuned to Instagram. Cause I'm sure more will be developed. Um, no, I, I think it's fun. I want a bad boy at QB. If you want a bad boy at QB, then is he a bad boy? Look at him. He's the yeah. pre- he's prettier than I am, Dave. No, like, you know, you know, I need he's to a find bad out boy like uh, he uses. he's 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 far too pretty to be a bad boy. I don't buy it. And by the way, any Mrs. Robinson who's actually attracted to that kind of a I don't know, like the whole thing is sketchy to me. I, I would want like a real I'm Jimmy Garoppolo. Come on now. We're talking. I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not, not looking to impugn the, the, the rugged good looks face. of Jimmy G. I have nothing. Oh, no. so you would sign off if, if we heard that, uh, the scoundrel 100% quarterback was Jimmy G. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, either way, what do you think the jets win total is? Oh God. I think it's set at like four and a half. It's five and a half, which what? now presents an interesting question. So now you do think they're going to go over that. I'm surprised that yeah, a five and a half. I the, here's the thing. I can talk myself into any team being good in July, um, but that number seemed a little low to me. And then again, I would go back to like, well, the AFC is loaded, and the Bills are supposed to be the best of the lot, and the Patriots aren't bad, and the and the Dolphins are the Dolphins. But you like yeah. the Dolphins? I think that they're interesting. Um, I don't think they're going to be a winner like everybody thinks they do, but I think they'll be better than the Jets. I think the Jets go over five and a half. That is my official pick. It was my pick before we heard the scandal stuff or the, the, you know, the salacious stuff. I now want to bet twice as much though on it because I, wow. as I said earlier, I like I'm a gonna, scoundrel. I'm going to put them at like five. So I'm going to say under five and a half. Okay. Um, now let's talk about some fantasy. Let's get a little specific here as we round it out here. I want to talk about a few uh, pass catchers because you know the names at running back. And if you don't, mm-hmm. I encourage you, nay, demand that you go and listen to Piacenti, sometimes satellite uh, radio partner, Michael Fabiano, the gold jacket wear, the Hall of Famer. We went over running backs. We did a deep dive on them a week ago on minus three. So go check that out. Um, I think we have those, like I say, covered pretty thoroughly. Let's talk about some wide receivers and how you react to them. Are you enthusiastic about where they're headed or are you kind of down on them and, and, and treat it more universally rather than where they slot in the first few rounds or whatever? Let's start off with a guy who like maybe six or eight other guys have worn this tag in the last three years, best receiver in the game. Devonte Adams goes from green Bay to Las Vegas. How say you on Devonte Adams ability to stay at the top of the receiver rankings, right? Or not at the top behind. Cooper he'll Cup. still be, he'll still be top 10. Uh, but the real person that benefits is Derek Carr. Derek Carr is the one that gets the bump, not Devontae Adams. Um, so, you know, net result is good for the Raiders. It's just going to go a little bit more Derek Carr's way as far as fantasy than Devontae Adams, in my opinion. So he drops, you know, several points in the top 10 in the, in the hierarchy of fantasy receivers. Yeah, I think he does because he was the unquestionable number one in Green Bay. Uh, and I think he's, you know, the unquestionable number one in, in Las Vegas, too. But I'm sorry, is anybody buying the story that Derek Carr is really equally talented to Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I get you want to hey, talk. This is a pro car family show. You take that job somewhere else, sister. <laughs> I'm 
just saying, um, I think Devontae Adams is going to be just fine. He's going to be great. But, um, you know, Darren Waller is talented. Hunter Renfro, who looks like Bob from accounting, he'll be in there fooling everybody too. So there are a few other guys that Derek Carr will go to, whereas Aaron Rodgers really only had eyes for Devontae Adams. I, I, I'm skeptical about – now, there are two sides of the coin with Josh McDaniels. The Belichick coaching tree right. and, and – Not particularly – powerful that hasn't been great it wasn't great for josh mcdaniels in denver Mm -hmm. a decade ago um but he did you know he had a number of opportunities to leave and this is the one that he waited out and wanted and in fact wanted Derek carr to take over in new england for the last couple of years and they made real attempts through back channels to make that happen that's how much they liked Derek carr i do think that it matters you know i talk a lot about um, pedigree and everything else, but you know, situation at the end of the day, it's nature versus nurture kind of conversation, but for, for pro quarterbacks, they both matter. I, I think, I think ultimately nature is going to win out, but there is some nurture slash environment involved in, and and I think Derek Carr showed on a pretty decent roster, but troubled as it was, how good he could be just a year ago. I I think people actually still sleep on him just a little bit, just because they're, we're so saturated with good options at quarterback. Um, I also think that Aaron Rodgers really zeroed in on Devontae Adams to the exclusion of everybody else. Derek Carr has the luxury of not having to do that. So I do think his numbers drop a little bit ultimately. Next up, a clear number one at wide receiver for his team. Not the number one target, though. Mark Andrews is that for Lamar Jackson. How say you about a guy who is now like it's all like. Well, the Ravens are great. They still have Rashad Bateman, though. Like he better be the real deal. And he looked like it in in glimpses last year how say you about him in 2022 I love Rashad Bateman I think he does move up to the number one wide receiver but I think that Mark Andrews um is going to be right there and probably the bigger red zone threat right Mark Andrews touch nose for the touchdowns and uh he's a big guy he's a solid guy and he's a trusted safety blanket safety net can we I don't know what do you call safety it? valve there, it always Woody. starts with safety yeah right he's we need Mark a different Jackson one Woody. than that He's a big guy. Remember, he got off to a slow start last season, but obviously that changed really quickly. So, yeah, I think I think that's the number one, the number two. I think Rashad Bateman is expected to step up and take that wide receiver one role. Uh, and, uh, you know, Mike Andrews is getting older. So but, uh, you know, they're both going to be valuable, obviously, with Marquise Brown now in Arizona. One more. And it does speak to like that. Even the, the, even Hollywood Brown had to get out of town. That's just not. I mean, that's part of what the Ravens front office is battling with, I'm sure, internally. Like, even Hollywood Brown didn't want to stick around. Like, who? they're never going to be able to attract somebody to sign there. Um, It's always going to have to come through the draft at pass catcher. Um, Last one, Tyreek Hill. Is he a stay away for you, or is he got to be in a place of value before you draft him? Or are you going to go out and get him in the first couple rounds? No way. Um, you know what? I've never been a Tyreek Hill person, and I get that people love him, and he's been he's paid bonkers money for you guys that have bet on him and had him on your fantasy team. And he's great. He's the cheetah, all these things, but he believes that it's all himself. And I think a lot of that was Patrick Mahomes. There is going to be a big difference when he's playing with Tua and, you know, a left-handed quarterback who struggled a little bit. I think it will be good for Tua. I expect Tua to take steps forward and certainly be streamable in certain weeks and certain matchups, but Tyreek Hill I, it's the same problem I have with uh, Michael Thomas in New Orleans. I think they have head case issues. And I think that, that everything we saw in the off season is enough to say, eh, I don't really want a part of that. So he's, he's shown himself to be a bit of a head case. You know, what if he's on the Antonio Brown track? You know, I'm sure he's taking a lot of hits to the head. And then you put him with a, you know, less competent, less talented quarterback not saying Tua can't do it god bless him i'm rooting for him but i don't see this working out well and i'm certainly not taking him in a high def pack and in fact i'd rather just like step out of the situation altogether i don't want any piece of it i think that's kind of my vibe i don't know what's what it's going to be with Jalen waddle and yeah you know, waddle's how, so good how that's going to go worried. exactly i mean it's a, it, you know having a lot of talent is is great so that's not a, a an yeah, issue an for Ingram, them but i do wonder you know is he going to get, but 
the thing that is um, to a proof um, is that DBs have to back off Tyreek Hill, not because of who the quarterback is. You don't have to right. have at least one safety deep because, I mean, to some degree, Patrick Mahomes requires that, but also that was created by Tyreek himself. And you have to back off him a little bit because you don't want him catching those, those little swing passes that he, that he devastates with. And Tua certainly can make those work. I mean, you, you could just about just split Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and just be like, well, which side am I going to throw a screen, a a receiver screen to good luck stopping either one defense. Cause even if you play to stop it, these guys can whip you anyway, they can still run by you. Yeah. It's, It's interesting, but I hear, I, all that said, I'm with you. I feel like it's a stay away. I don't I don't like it. I, it it feels no weird to me. The way no it all went down that, that, that the Chiefs were kind of like, okay, all right, you're, you're going to go. Exactly. Go Good luck. That that yeah. spooks me a little bit. Okay. And Great. we'd rather take a chance on Juju Smith-Schuster and MBS. Uh, how crazy are you, Tyreek? <laughs> well, I'm only – I haven't done the PPR stuff that much um, so I'm kind of new to it. Depending on how much you get per reception, Juju's a great play. I yeah. mean, you know that that will Volume be the guy. The targets. Yes, he will. He yep. he will. I, I am quite sure he is going to get. I bet you he has 95 catches. I I, I bet that's well over his uh, reception total for 2022. If you go on FanDuel, hey uh, Jen Piacenti, I thought this was a stellar performance. Spaghetti okay. is on the side texting me. He's like he's mad ever since he's been we're out since too you, long. No, what's oh. the Danny Dimes comment you make? You oh, didn't care for that. Shit. So um, sorry, spaghetti. Oh. Um, but uh listen, you're welcome back in my opinion. Spaghetti and I will talk about it <laughs> on the side and we'll reach a final uh a final decision and we'll get back to you. But I think this was a great uh, a great first turn from you. Great. Have your people call my people. Done and done. The great okay. Jan Piacenti, everybody. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. There she goes. What do you think, Eddie Spaghetti? Uh, he was great. I, I love hearing uh, from Jen, obviously my partner for uh, a long time and in the future and, you know, getting her take on fantasy football. And we had the one with Fabs. I'm, I'm really getting back into it now. It's like the dog days of summer. You know, baseball is good. A couple of frustrating losses for the Yankees over uh, to the Red Sox. But man, oh man, like I, I'm already getting my draft stuff in order here and try to figure out uh, the direction I'm going in for my league. So it's quite exciting. All right, back to bed for me. You get to your TV or your social media and see who the blue shirts have uh, snagged in free agency. Eddie Spaghetti will be back in two days. And we got Jeff Schwartz coming your way. Who better to kibitz with than uh, our favorite guy from uh, from minus three? Um then to talk some college football, some pro football, all that going down here in July. It's here, everybody. Football is here, and Minus 3 and the Extra Points Network is here for you as well. Make sure you bet along with us, fanduel.com, slash Minus 3, and for Jen Piacente and Eddie Spaghetti. Until Thursday with Jeff Schwartz, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>